0: All right, if you guys have a Bible, you can turn to Revelation chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. And if you will, before we read that, if you guys will stand with me and pray this prayer with me. It's in your handouts if you have it. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are the readers, hearers, and keepers of this word. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire, and also those who had conquered the beast in its image, and the number of its name standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hand, So today we have this this text. It's actually a transitional text. It's one that's made to take us from the story that we've been following from chapter 12 and then and then transition into the story that we have that happens in the furthering the, the coming up chapters. And we see the ending of one part of the story and the beginning of another. And we see what happens after the wrath of God has been poured out, and we're given a picture of what is to come when it is finished as well. And this does it in a totally revelation way, because revelation has kind of these odds, jumps, and starts. Chapter 15 starts with letting us know that there is another great sign in heaven, and we're going to see that in weeks to come. And it is it, it, too, is great and amazing like so many of the other ones we've seen. There's seven angels and seven plagues. So we can even see the, the, the completion in the, that and the number. And God will be finished with these things once and for all, forevermore. Amen. And we think like that's when we get to worship. Yet before we get into that in the weeks to come we're reminded to look back over the last few chapters and see those who have conquered the beast. See what they're up to. See the, the woman and the dragon and the fact that she escaped and she left their hands. And we see those that have conquered and they have in their hands harps. And they're before, back before this glassy sea that we've seen already in Revelation. And they're singing a song of Moses. A worship song to Jesus that was spliced together from pieces, different pieces in words of Moses that he wrote in Exodus chapter 15 and Deuteronomy chapter 32. One theologian said that this this prayer is a quilt work of Old Testament sayings. And that's kind of what it is. Maybe this should be expected as we get into Revelation. That there hadn't been actual like a, a burst of worship in quite a while. And, and yet we see we're back in heaven for this picture. And we see worship. It's at the end of one story and it's at the beginning of the other. We see worship. We see our, our God, our good Father being honored and Jesus, His sacrificial lamb, being worshiped by those who have survived the judgment or have defeated the beast and all the number of the people that God has with them. And this comes on the heel of a massive judgment in the beginning of wrath that is to be finished this section in revelation 15 has always struck me as an odd section in in the of worship in this book we just got done in revelation chapter 14 and again uh the chapters and verses and stuff were added later so this is just kind of the flowing of the text so the the We just got done seeing a river of blood almost 200 miles long, as high as a horse's bridle. And we are told we're about to see more wrath, and yet there's this worship song. It's always struck me as odd. We don't have to understand what is going on around us to be in worship. Somehow, all of this judgment and the wrath will cause worship. Again, last week I, I said that it's the good news of God's judgment. The fact that this this song is taken from bits and pieces of Moses should lead us to think of the rescue plan of God's people that he's had during the Exodus and that he's had the rest of the Bible up until this point as well. Back in the second book of the Bible, we see God rescue his people. And not only that, we see the lineage of that before that in Genesis that God miraculously rescued his people. And this was a miracle, and it never looked like God's people were going to win, that God's people were going to be free. It looked like they were going to be slaves in Egypt forever. And yet, through the miracles and power of God, they were free. It's a beautiful thing. During the book of Revelation, there is so much that is going on. It looks often as the people of God are totally defeated. Totally defeated. And yet, God, in His awesome ways, in His amazing deeds... Finds a way. He always finds a way. We see in this song that we are to worship and what we are, uh, how we are to worship and, and sing and what we are singing about. I'm not totally sure that we can understand this today or given the context of what's happening in this story. But it gives us a picture, at least when, we, when, it, when we're there, like of what our hearts will look like after one wrath and before the other. And if we're, uh, I don't know where we're going to be at that time, but if we're in heaven watching, we at least know then what our hearts will look like. Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God, the Almighty. In that, we will sing praise and worship songs about how God works His saving acts of salvation in history and through His people. This is a good thing, and one that strengthens my faith Um Y'all know this. I personally don't like violence. And when I say that, what I mean is I don't like violence in the world, any form of it. And I don't like the violence in my own heart, any form of it. And there's plenty uh, in both cases. It's far more prevalent than I would like it to be, but it's there. And this text allows us to set aside our need to figure out how God is going to bring his salvation. How is he going to do this? Is he going to bring wrath and judgment? Is it going to be real blood? Or is it going to be like we talked about last week, the blood of Christ that cleanses us? This text lets us know that however God works his salvation, we will see his deeds as great and amazing. And we will worship him because of them. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And this brings great comfort because I don't have to revel in the violence and praise God for it. Some people do. They think, oh yeah, God, you go get them. That's not my heart. That's not the way I work. And yet at the same time, so it brings me comfort because I don't have to go. I love the violence. We can know in a very real way that however God is going to work salvation of the world, we will see and we will worship him for his awesome and amazing deeds. This week, I've been meditating on how my life has been destroyed by Jesus. Because it absolutely has been. I don't look anything like my 28, 29 year old self, praise be to God. It's true. Like, I'm not the same man. That person that I, when I think about myself at that age, that person has been destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. And the destruction has come from grace. The destruction has come from grace. I've been changed and I've been destroyed by God's great grace this when i say this this is unmerited favor i don't think that i deserve it it's no longer because i think i'm awesome i think i'm awesome for different reasons i guess now but like it's no longer because god gives his grace because i'm awesome his unmerited love is bestowed on me and that is what has changed me the old person has been destroyed and demolished and is no longer recognizable and this is all because of grace It's all because of grace. There's been a lot of hardship and trial. There's been a lot of times when I didn't know what God was going to do. But the grace of Jesus has been the one constant and it's brought devastating change in my life. And when I think great and amazing are your deeds, O God, the Almighty, I think about the devastating nature of grace and I give praise for that. We also sing a song about justice and truth and how these are God's ways, and we sing it to remind ourselves that God has proven to be the true king of the nations. Justice and truth are not ours. Amen? We can say that, and and in fact, I I think um, we need to remain humble when it comes to what justice and truth needs to look like. We get to be humble with these things. And since... it. God is the true King. We get to allow Him to rule. We get to allow Him to reign. We get to allow Him to judge as He sees fit because He is just and true. All this violence in Revelation, although I don't believe it's necessarily real violence, I believe it's a metaphor that we who live in a violent world will understand. Personally, I know that God changes and destroys and he's done it with grace and patience and love no cosmic spankings or thunderbolts of lightning coming from heaven but i get to take comfort that even if the violence in revelation is real and it's not a metaphor i will still get to let him be king and judge as he will and i'll worship him for it This is the part of the song that leads us to know that all the judging that we are trying to do, all the truth that we are trying to show the world will be shown by God. And it will be shown in great power and with the greatest authority the world has ever seen. We also sing that all will fear God and glorify his name. This is more the reverence type of fear than it is like the shaking in your boots type of fear and it's the type of fear that's the beginning of all wisdom, we get to reverence God before and and before all this. And now it appears that all will do this as well. In this, we see all nations will come and worship God once God's final righteous acts have been revealed. This is because God alone is holy. We keep singing about it. We keep saying it, but it's proving true in the end. And this will be revealed and acknowledged once and for all. All the misgivings about God and his character will disappear. The truth will be known about who he is and how he acts. And in that, and in his presence, worship will ensue. Worship will ensue. It is what is due and proper, and it is given to him. All nations, it appears. And it appears all peoples will worship him. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And all that is because God is really good and he's worthy to be praised. A couple things that we might see before we leave this text. We get to see uh, those who are gathered and there are those who conquered the beast. They are victors. They, they have victory in Christ. Some conquered the beast by dying like Jesus did. And some conquered the beast by with just lasting in their life. Those who conquered are those who have lasted in their faith. They've lasted in their faith of Jesus. Their faith stood the test of time. And now by faith, they are victors in Jesus. Their victory is secure in Christ Christ. The conquerors, and the fact that they are um, conquered, conquerors, should encourage us to keep going. The fact that these these folks are still there. The victors don't get the spoil, but they then turn their victory into God's victory, and it is seen here by their worship. But this is a reminder to us, once again, to hold on to our faith. Hold on to our faith. Let us uh, let us be certain that even if it looks like we are going to lose and some of us may lose even our life the victory of our faith will lead to worship not just for us but for others as well and the victory is already made secure in Christ and in that sense let us walk in victory instead of fear and defeat I, I was talking to a friend yesterday and they said, I have a couple of fears about this, that, and the other in our cultures, whatever. And it's interesting because I've heard this a lot. I've actually thought about it a lot this week. I've heard it my whole life growing up. We have fears about the culture and the culture is going to infringe on our Christian beliefs and it's going to take Jesus away from us. And yet... Revelation keeps showing me over and over and over again that we don't have to fear what culture does. We can worship Jesus. We can set our eyes on Jesus, not take our eyes off of him, not fear. We can live our lives however God sees fit for us to live in, and we can walk with him step by step. But we don't have to fear because we can see over and over and over again Jesus is trying to show us that his, the victory is his. All nations are his and the conquerors are us as long as we keep following Christ. We see here this the last thing I want to point out, maybe the most powerful point to me this week in this text is the patterns that keep showing up. They keep showing up in Revelation, but also in scripture and I believe our lives as well if you if you take a moment to think about it that we are as we are making an attempt To live for Christ. We see here in this text a pattern of rescue and worship. This is the pattern of Moses and all throughout the Bible. It is throughout our lives as well. We feel, how many of us have feel trapped by sin or by an enemy verbally attacking us? And it doesn't look like we're going to be able to escape it. We don't know how it's going to come. We think it's going to absolutely destroy our lives. And yet, as we look to Jesus and wait on Him, we have our faith strengthened by Him. He rescues us in one way or another. Oftentimes, it doesn't happen as quickly as we'd like it to. But over time, we see this over and over and over again. Many times, this rescue comes from simply patient endurance, And from the time to time, it comes in the form of a miracle where God is just, uh, and maybe sometimes it comes in the form where He's just working two of these things out at once. But God is at work and He's rescuing us. He's saving us. And this is a pattern that Scriptures have been trying to get into our hearts ever since Genesis. Ever since Genesis 1. This pattern. And we get we get into pits, and God rescues us from them. We fall, God picks us up. We're trapped, God's our deliverance. We see this over and over and over again. But we see here, too, the pattern of the book of Judges. People do wickedly and rebel against God. God sends someone to correct them and remind them that he is God, and then people repent, and then the repentance leads to worship of him, and this continues on and on and on throughout scripture, and throughout our lives. We do wickedly, someone corrects us, and the Holy Spirit uses that to cause repentance, and then, then we turn and we worship God again, and we feel foolish because we made the mistake yet again. And yet God does this over and over and over again in our lives, and I think that that is okay. It'd be great if we didn't have to go through that, but I think the fact that we keep on with the repentance, keep on with the worship, keep being willing to be corrected and just walk with Jesus. This is a beautiful thing. And in the case of Revelation, it is God himself that is the judge, but the result is repentance and understanding how great and real and true God is, how he alone is worthy of all our praise and honor leads us to this. And we see that pattern through the book of Judges, but we also see the pattern of Jesus in this God doing whatever it takes to rescue his people from the beast doing whatever it takes it's a it's it's a, a great sacrifice but we see it Jesus defeats the beast we see the dragon defeated we see God's servants rescued we see him get in trouble again and Jesus comes again and rescues him we see this in Jesus as a great and mighty lamb worthy of worship We think about it this way Jesus became a lamb on the cross he went to the cross willingly and he laid down his life it was a great sacrifice for us it was never easy for Jesus but he endured and he is the victor because of it Jesus held on to the love that not only just the love that he had from the father but the love that he had for us and he was crucified And he hung on a Roman cross. And he was put to death and buried. And a stone was rolled in front of his grave. But when Mary Magdalene went to honor Jesus in his death, she found that he was no longer there, that the tomb was empty, that he wasn't dead, and that he's alive. And then she announced it to the world, and it's been ringing ever since. Shows us the pattern that we get to see this over and over and over. Not even death can conquer. And this is to strengthen our faith. This also shows us the patterns in our lives. I know everyone here today, there's been some ups, amen? There's been some good moments. There's been some downs. You don't have to mention them, but there's been some downs. There have been some very, very good times when you're like, God, I will never renounce you. And there have been some very, very, very hard times when you question the very existence of God and your salvation. There are times when it looks like we're going to completely lose our faith or, or maybe our life, but at least our faith. And yet God has seen fit to keep us in his grace. And I pray that this will encourage us to keep holding on through the next trial. Whether you're in it now or it's to come, that we can hold on. Because the pattern is, is that there are trials and there are joys and there are sorrows. I read one quote this week that basically said that grief and sorrow is always side by side with joy and good things happening in this world. We see the patterns here in this text. We see the patterns of actual deliverance from our enemies of Satan, sin and death. Not metaphoric. This is real. We see actual redemption that we were once dead and God brings life out of that. We were purchased from a life of death, not just from a life of death, but also then into a life where we can live and and be free and walk with Jesus. We see actual miracles and great and amazing deeds of God our Father. We see the power and might and love of God at work in our lives. And it's a beautiful thing. And we see actual salvation, its history, and its power in the present. And we can believe and have faith for the power to come. Here we see actual worship. And not only that, we participate in the worship, not as a song. If that was the case, then we'd be... We need to do more work. We need to put in more practice, right? And not as a song, but as a lifestyle. As a lifestyle of sacrifice, as a lifestyle of worship, as a lifestyle of saying, not my will, but your will be done. And we get to do that. So in that way, let us worship our great God and Father today. Let us worship Jesus, the Lamb who was slain and whose blood covers all our sins. Jesus, I thank you so much for this text. I thank you for the book of Revelation, Lord. I thank you that you've seen fit for us to just go through it slowly and take a look at it. I thank you that as you're doing it, Lord, our fears can go away and we can just learn to trust you over and over again. In Jesus' name, amen.